everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. someone <laughs> uh, doesn't matter tell me that's not saying no. that see like celebrities had sex with a lot of women and they made a joke about it turns out one of the girls in the group is <laughs> and now I look like the biggest bitch in the world but I had no idea <laughs> oh god the other friends just messaged me like I think you should delete that I'm like I didn't know how is this not group knowledge how do we not all talk about this is it worse if you delete it yeah it's way worse I'm seeing how this weekend so I'll just say I had no idea tell me everything by the way how do we not how do we not all talk about this on a regular basis classic um guys I actually just want to start by kind of ish slightly apologizing oh no, for the last live, because I feel like me and Emma, basically, basically me, um, just just chatted nonstop about nonsense, didn't really do any questions, and actually, like, in hindsight, like, quite controversial nonsense, and I just want to say I'm really sorry if anyone was, like, offended. That's what happens when we don't speak for a week. I know! I thought that too! But I actually have asked two of our clients, and both of them were like, no, it was fine, so... <laughs> Um, Samantha's just joined. Good morning from Denver. Just want to say how much I love the EC method. I've learned so much this round, even after a year of being on here. Never stop the EC method. <laughs> and also Tamsin saying, hi everyone. We love you, Samantha. We're such big fans of yours. As I told you last night, as a voice note. We are. And hopefully so will everyone else be soon oh yeah um we're making samantha the third coach <laughs> okay let me have a little look um carrie's saying cancel clever <gasps> good morning from me and my buns is it morning well i mean everyone's everywhere different aren't they Panchan's not in anywhere is she <laughs> no i've been talking to Kanchan all day <laughs> okay um okay Kerry hello you two I have a friend on this EC method who keeps signing up for events like half marathons and novice triathlons despite having constant pain in her feet (laughs) (laughs) I was like this is quite bitchy and then I got it (laughs) she is the silly sort who would train through an injury and say everything is okay but despite feeling a bit embarrassed is actually really struggling to simply stand up and worries she might do herself permanent damage She used to rise to this kind of challenge in the past, but the landscape of her life is very different now. What a challenge, Kerry. It's a warning sign. (laughs) Stop stop big red flags. It's like a, can you do it? (laughs) I mean, I think we've all been there. Anyway, uh, she can usually be found at the bottom of a pile of kids, Labradors, laundry, and other people's needs. She puts herself under physical pressure to achieve performance goals, 
in what is a larger body, probably for a bit of external validation. She uncovered this while journaling, but possibly to the detriment of a more gentle and relaxed life that her mental health and fat loss journey might be better aligned to nowadays. She doesn't have the poor body image, but would like to would like the seatbelt on the plane to feel a little looser this summer when flying off on holiday. Can you please tell her to stop doing silly things out of desperation and to parent herself, please, because she doesn't seem to listen to me? What a nightmare she is. I'm glad I'm not her. <laughs> she sounds like a total dickhead. <laughs> For anyone listening who's like, I don't really understand this joke. I think I'm not 100% sure. I think Kerry might be talking about herself. But yeah. we can also be sure it might be somebody else with very similar situation. Uh, Emma, I'll let you start off on this. I mean, I think you've uncovered a lot here. I think it would be interesting to kind of deep a little, dig a little deeper into exactly why you're always trying to do crazy ass stuff, even though actually your life itself is pretty crazy ass and amazing and awesome. And, and maybe seeing that as a challenge in itself and not adding more and more challenges to it would be a good thing to do I think I mean from like a purely coaching standpoint like foot down from us like you cannot do a triathlon if you're struggling to stand up after going for a run yesterday like you need to listen to your body in that respect and I think doing the journaling work has massively helped for you here and you've kind of noted noted as well like your mental health will probably be better and your fat loss will probably be much easier Oh yeah. If you're not trying to also train for a half marathon or a mini triathlon or all of these external things. And then, yeah, I guess the real question is like, why do you need that? And is it that you think you do better with an end date or with something tangible or with something to work towards, in which case you can still like have those constraints or those like motivating factors without it being something that's going to negatively impact you. I feel like isn't she saying that she's doing it because she's in a quote-unquote bigger body so she feels like by doing these big physical challenges and achievements she's kind of mitigating that that's kind of what I interpreted from it yeah no Uh, I think that's an element of it for sure well yeah so I mean everything Emma said but the the main thing that Emma said um which was what I was going to lead off with is like if that's the the root cause exactly what Emma said you're going to find that you're going to get you're going to get better results much easier if you park that and focus on the the very simple goal well it's simple in, in, in comparison to what you're saying that you're currently doing Kerry the very simple goal of fat loss and there can be little performance goals that are really nicely tied into and married to that goal without you being like and I'm going to run a marathon which ironically guys is not something that ties in nicely to a fat loss goal and I'm going to do a triathlon and I'm going to do a I don't know I'm going to lift the heaviest I've ever lifted like all of these things don't tie in nicely with a fat loss goal but there are little things you can do that do um you know like a nice dose of of cardio and and maybe an increase in either time or tempo or um uh aiming aiming to have 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 different heart rate goals for example um after your workouts for 10 20 30 minutes like that works really nicely with a fat loss goal um you know um 
getting getting stronger over time and 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 playing around with your sets and reps and your chosen exercises that works really nicely with any kind of physique goal you don't have to be doing these big things and these big things will get in the way as I said of your ease of execution and also your results the the, the speed at which they come um so I and then as Emma said your life is already busy enough Kerry and I know that we've talked about this um you know, and, and and I've said to you that tapering back, you do feel, and I because I've done it quite significantly recently, you do feel like a bit of a waste man. <laughs> As someone who's used to doing so much, you are a bit like, whoa, my life's about to get busier again, but there's this kind of really nice lull at the moment. And then on one hand, it's really nice and I'm really enjoying it. And on the other hand, it's like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. Like, what am I even fucking doing with my life? And that's just the most ridiculous way to see anything because Kerry, this applies to me and you. Our lives are busy and full enough as it is. Like, it's okay to pull back. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be pulled back forever. But if you need to do it for a week, a month, a year, and you can, and that's an option for you, take it. It's not a prison sentence. You can pick back up whenever you want. But if you have that option available to you and not everybody does, it's really important that you listen because it sounds like your cup runneth over. You listen and you taper. Mm -hmm. I also think from like a slightly different standpoint here, hard is different for everyone. So I actually don't think like the marathon will be or the half marathon will be somewhat hard. The triathlon will be somewhat hard, but actually what's harder for you. And I say this as someone and probably Chloe as well, and definitely can Chan as well is she's put here. Um, performance goal for my year is to rest more. Right. Mm. And actually that's a lot harder. And even what you've done of taking a step back, actually it probably would have been in many ways easier, despite the fact you would have had to compromise on other areas of your life or realistically sacrifice other areas of your life to continue doing a lot of those things because it is your comfort zone because you like 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 it's easier to get that external validation of yeah but I'm training for this marathon or like yeah but I'm doing this this and this and this and I'm so busy rather than do what is actually the hard thing for you which is take more rest Mm. and actually Kerry you know what from a physicality standpoint your body is telling you I need a rest so respect your body and instead of respecting your body by feeling like you're mitigating being in a bigger body by doing more performance goals for your body, it's for your psyche. Respect what your body is saying to you right now, which is, well, bitch, lay off. <laughs> That's what it's saying. If you're finding it painful to stand and walk, what 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 do you do? Like, give it a minute. Go back and see sexy podiatrist Christopher Waltz and come back and tell us what he said. And we can help figure out how to do this while we let your little tootsies recover Mm -hmm. yeah and I think you see this quite a lot with people who overtrain you know like the person who overtrains massively goes to the gym every single morning probably Mm. isn't themselves particularly well and someone from the outside will be like amazing discipline yeah the gym always but actually the much harder thing is to take a rest oh yeah it's the hard thing that you need to do life isn't fair like that but it's usually the way 100% agree Okay, um, next quasi, Taz, uh, Tamsin. Hi ladies, per my message, can we please talk about self-sabotage? I can feel myself starting to head that way and I'm trying to figure out why. I've done well so far, not found it too hard, I've still lived, etc. but suddenly I feel myself slipping. I'm not sure why. Uh, the only thing that's really changed recently is that I've booked a few days away in the sun with some girls in May and I'm wondering if having an event slash goal day in mind has spun me out. 
maybe I do uh, maybe I do better when I actually don't have a target in mind which I know doesn't exist anyway just annoying myself and would like to understand self-sabotage better so I can address it now thank you for your advice so far so I literally screen grabbed this so that we could talk about it on the live and I'm really happy that you're here and I didn't forget it um, Emma, I'm going to let you lead off on this because I feel like self-sabotage is something I've heard you speak quite um, knowledgeably on before. Oh, knowledgeably on, yes. Uh, so usually I actually don't think self-sabotage is self-sabotage. I think it's normally that you've got bored of dieting or that results have slowed. Like this often happens when you've lost a decent amount of fat already and then you, you're getting close to your goal. And you're like, why do I give up every time I get close to my goal? And then you haven't also considered physiologically what's going on. So now you have less body fat. So your body's going to push back a little bit more. You're probably more hungry. You're also going to see less external validation as in the scales going down. They're going to go down much slower now that you don't have as much fat to lose. So all of these things combined, plus just the length of time that you've been dieting, usually, quote unquote, self-sabotage is actually boredom the reason I think it might not be in this case is because of the link between the book in the holiday and there might be something in there and honestly all we can really say is like delve a little deeper into that like why do you think that's stopping you and as, as I was reading that I was like I that used to happen to me as well like I was in shape year round but as soon as someone was like oh there's a photo shoot or an expo or something you need to be in shape for I don't know if it was like the rebellious side of me. It was like, oh, I don't want to be in shape anymore. I don't want to do any of these things. And once it changed in my head from this is a choice because you like living like this and you like eating like this and you like exercising like this to you have to be in shape on this date, that flipped things for me a little bit. And I don't know if maybe the same is happening with you here. And then I would just take the pressure off. I mean, as you, you know, just stop worrying about it. <laughs> just take the pressure off. You'll be absolutely fine. But really working through that and being like okay why am I putting this level of pressure on a girl's holiday like what's the actual outcome I want is to go away and have an amazing time am I making progress yes am I enjoying myself at the same time yes do I actually need to change anything no I just need to stop like applying this external pressure onto something I was enjoying before I put that level of pressure on myself yeah it's interesting Emma um has talked about this before like years ago as she was saying that this always happens to her when when she has to get in shape for somebody else or for some other purpose other than just the fact that she enjoys being in shape pretty much often <laughs> year round um all of a sudden she's like fuck that um and that does sound exactly like exactly what's happened here and that so I've talked about this before uh in that and this is from I mean I've been coaching for like 10 11 years now and I've you, you learn about man management quite quickly on the job. Um, and there are some people, and I talk about this often, and it's true, there are some people who do really, who really are just very wishy-washy and find it very hard to stick to anything unless there's an end goal, unless there's like a real target that they're heading for. Um, because life's enjoyable and fun. And why would you change things that you're doing because you find them enjoyable and fun, like just to change them because, oh, I'd kind of like to lose a stone. Like it doesn't really work for everyone. And then there are other clients who, as soon as you give them a goal, they do this like sneaky rebellious thing where they kind of justify to themselves, like why, you know, why they, they can fall in the fuck it bucket today and things like that. And it and, and it's like, 
it's basically, I think, um, a pressure response. Some people respond quite well to putting the pressure on and it's like, go, go, go. And it's like, I'm gonna fuck it up. And some people really dislike it and will find ways mentally and behaviorally to crawl out of it. Um, and that's this. Um, and I think, I, I truly, truly think that, and I, I wrote here, um, what I'll say to you in the meantime is get out of your own head. Do what you're doing now for you, for your long-term health, for your happiness and for your physique goals. Just move, train and be nutritionally aware. That's it. That is the magic pill. No end goal date or uh, end goal date or not. And that's it. I would just say if you can just take this kind of end goal date and the fact you're going away in May out of your head entirely, put it in a box until you're packing for your holiday. It's not relevant and just carry on focusing on the road that you're doing so well on. Mm -hmm. It does make me think as well, like I think part of it's a bit of a personality trait. And I know mm -hmm. that I think it's Gretchen Rubin has come up with like personality types. Like one of them is like the rebel, right? And it does kind of relate to how I am around work as well. Like if someone tells me to work, I'm like, I'm absolutely not doing any work. <laughs> you think, oh, what poor work ethic she has, right? But then if I decide that I want to do the work, like I'll work harder than anybody else. And it's kind of the same with this. It's like, oh no, if I've decided I want to do it, sure. But if someone's telling me I have to, immediately I'm like, mm, don't really want to do that anymore. So I don't it, know partly the autonomy behind it. I completely agree. And look, you know, we're all on a spectrum. Like everybody is kind of on a spectrum of several different things, but it is fair to say that we all gravitate and see ourselves reflected in certain character traits. And I, yeah, Emma's definitely like that. I I don't really know. I flip flop. Depends how mentally tired I am <laughs> at the moment. I think yeah, at the moment I think I have to do something for me. But I remember there was a long period of my time where I wouldn't do it unless I was told this is what you have to do. Um, actually, that's really funny because Cantan and I were talking about that this morning and she was saying I couldn't I, I couldn't be self-employed. I couldn't run and have my own business. I, I need to go into work. I need to know that I've got money going into my pension. I need to da 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 da. And, um, and I can really, I don't know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I can really, I'm quite envious of that in a way, but I know that I couldn't do that. But then look at Emma. Emma like just completely flies being self-employed and is like, I'm just going to start another successful business. And like, it's amazing. And yeah, it's, yeah, we're all different. And, and so I would say, if you find that having that goal is fucking with your trajectory, don't freak out about it. Be like, why am I like this? Why do I always self-sabotage? And we see this massive drama around it. It's like, it's just kind of how you are. Like, it's all right. It's not a problem. Switch the trajectory that you're on to get to where you're going. Yeah, it is so interesting, isn't it? Like, I have so many mates like that. They're like, why would you bother getting up if you could just start work whenever you want? And I'm <laughs> like, God, why would you bother getting up to work for somebody else? And I get, like, I get both mindsets and I get probably most people somewhere in between. But yeah. there are people who would be awful self-employed because they'd be like, oh, well, if I don't need to start technically at any point, I'll just never start. Yeah. And then other people who are brilliant at that but actually aren't really great at, at being told what to do. Yeah um okay right do you want me to update you on the live shenanigans well that's what you've been doing so far babes carry on okay so Kerry says that her friend says thank you and is going to slow down and regroup good and then Polly saying giving yourself permission to rest can be one of the hardest things ever but mm -hmm. our wee bodies are really clever and if we listen they tell us what we need to do um and then like you know you know I mean it's not pleasant I was there like recently I was like not 
very strung out and not doing so great and it but it is really hard you do kind of hate yourself but I think this is like our societal like conditioning like unless you're working your ass off what the fuck are you doing with your it's just a bit like it's a bit scary but it you but uh, Polly's right you know who is it Emma that we follow that does really good posts on this Nicola Hobbs that's it everybody follow Nicola Hobbs she does really really nice posts on this and some of us really need to read them <laughs> it is funny because I don't resonate with them at all because I need to- <laughs> I'm not surprised no but like I know like I'm self-aware enough to be like that's the message I need to read but yeah. I, this is true with like the problem with social media is the wrong people listen to the wrong messages right so if we put up a post that was like you probably need to rest more you might get someone who's like not been to the gym for five weeks thinking yeah she's right <laughs> I probably do need to rest more but the person who's trained five times that day is probably not listening to that right and if you put one up being like you should probably work a bit harder the person who needs to rest will probably resonate with it more but then think of it like a venn diagram and i completely agree with that every now and again you get this slither of in between this gray and this is me this was me and i was it was like you know they send sex in the city you're if whether or not your taxi lights on you're talking about like oh there's some men who will never get married and she says i like to think of it as like taxi lights there are some that you could be in a relationship with a man um, who genuinely isn't isn't interested in even if he loves you isn't interested in settling down doesn't want to get married and then a year later his taxi light will come on some random girl he'll go on a date with some random girl and that will be the girl that he ends up marrying and I think this kind of applies in this situation there is a little slither oh. right that like if you're in the right place at the right time and you see or read or hear the right thing it can have a huge impact and this yeah. is what Nicola Hobbs has done for me, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that, that's like that's that's like sheer luck. It's like when people are like, oh. "This is aligned." <laughs> I think that's true for loads of things, though. Like I've definitely everything, like, everything. Read a book or something. I'm like, this isn't like it's not resonated with me. And then I might listen to it a year later and be like, "Wow, this is mind blowing." But it's yeah. because it aligns with where you are in your life. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um. Perry's saying, I'm like that, Emma. I listen to her messaging and know it's what I need to do. But for some reason, I'm like, nah. <laughs> nah. Um, Naomi, how to get out of my head when I have to do cardio all the time? Oh, sorry. How do I get out of my head that I have to do cardio all the time? Why do you think you have to do cardio all the time? And when you answer that question, we can help <laughs> pull you out of your own head. Nobody needs to be doing cardio all the time. Even if you're training for a marathon, you, you shouldn't be doing cardio all the time. There should be rest days. There should be strength training sessions. There should be tapered recovery weeks. It's just not, not relevant at all. And, and if you're talking about in the context of fat loss, and again, you know, Emma and I always say this, it's energy balance. It's two sides of an equation. It's intake and expenditure. And actually the, the higher expenditure goes, not for everyone. We talk about this all the time as well, but I would say in my experience, more than 50% of clients will find it harder to stick to the diet because their hunger signals outweigh their energy needs. So it's actually really detrimental. Um, and there are a hell of a lot of physique competitors out there, I, especially the men, but also women who um, do very little cardio, get into the most ridiculous shape because they pull their calories. Um, still do a bit of cardio, but not, not talking hours a week at all. Mm -hmm. I think when you realize how little 
calories you actually burn like you might do like I don't know 20 30 minutes of cardio and then when you look at like what that would look like in food you're like oh now I see like the real impact it has on fat loss which isn't actually that much now doing cardio is great right for your health but its impact on fat loss as Chloe's saying is pretty negligible and then on top of that might actually make it harder for you to, to stick to your diet so having a balance of it like doing some will probably help fat loss but actually thinking you need to do it all the time is definitely going to be detrimental I was running on the stairmaster today oh gosh get it get it get it get it <laughs> so proud of myself I mean, 50 seconds I did I did 50 seconds three times I was very proud that's impressive on the stairmaster on t- on the top 20 speed okay can chan saying my veins in my forearms hurt today is it a normal response to getting swollen as fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, i feel inflamed and look very green i wouldn't say them hurting is that i think she i think she's talking about tension were you doing um were you doing any kind of deadlifts or rdls or something today or yesterday Kenny? yeah anything where you're really like hanging (laughs) yeah okay we're up to date okay you had your hair done before you did level up didn't you yeah can you tell so nice last time i kept looking at it like oh you're you're but I'm so lazy. I'm like, just give me a T-section and fuck off. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what? I actually, afterwards, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I say it every time. And then, and then like, I hate getting my hair done. Who are these women that love getting their hair done? I genuinely, that was one of the worst experiences I've had recently. I know that makes me sound very privileged. It's so boring. It's like torture. But like towards the end, I was like, I'm actually just going to have to say I need to leave like with wet hair because I could, it was actually it felt painful to sit for that long yeah I say to my hairdresser all the time I'm like Chen she's, she's like this massively amazing but like aggressive freak girl I'm like Chen Chen I have to go Chen stop Chen please stop I'm like you don't need to blow dry my hair I'm going straight to the gym please don't blow dry my hair she's like I need to show you what it's gonna look like I'm like please get off me oh yeah it's um Kerry said leaving with the tinfoil is still in. So I did that the time before this time. <laughs> and um, I think one of the reasons I did it is because it was dark outside. So I thought no one's really going to see me anyway. So I did it. Went to Tesco on the way home as well. <laughs> and then uh, it didn't really look great, if I'm honest. And I don't know whether that was because of them or the fact that I left early. I don't know. You should let them take the tinfoil out. I mean, at least let them rinse it and then go. I mean, that's... <laughs> I didn't do that. It was because well, I didn't want to sit there for like an hour while it developed. I was just like, I'm just gonna go home. And they were like, Are you sure. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Like, and it builds. It's like the same like when we were stuck on the runway for three hours again, such first world problems. Like, boo-hoo, you're going on holiday and you're stuck on, you know, but I was just like, start surprising. Like, I have to like, want to like tear things off things and just like <laughs> I'm the same, I hate it. Especially three hours before a long haul flight. I know. Thank God, thank God for those tickets, man. Imagine, imagine in a, with an economy squished between two people with a baby, otherwise just sitting on the runway for three hours. I was like, this is just hell. What less for me? Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, um, box die. 
It's the way forward, says the woman with nearly black hair. I used to box dye my hair. And do you know what? Sometimes, great. Other times, very, very bad. And then you never really know why. Well, if you're a blonde, not you cannot do that. Again, I did it. And it was it turned out great. And then other times, like, I remember my ex was like, you look like Draco Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) When I was like, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. (laughs) When I was flat out broke at uni. I used to do it and I swear to God I had like oh look at this look at this shit I swear to God I had like orange hair throughout my whole uni experience I look back at photos and I'm like Jesus Christ but I had no money I used to like not eat so that when <laughs> so that when I went out drinking I'd get really really drunk off like two drinks <laughs> save more money I know <laughs> me at uni I was a hoot <laughs> Uh, Kerry's just saying that makes me think that you would just walk out of hospital after having an operation like I've got stuff to do guys <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah absolutely would I remember when I went in for my MRI and they thought that they couldn't do it because my earring couldn't come out and like while they were all talking I was like right well I better get off <laughs> They're like no 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 just wait because we might be able to I was like well we can't do it we've got to go I'm okay I tried to go home after my c-section and they wouldn't let me I was like, I'm gone. I don't care. They were like, no, it's the catheter. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I had a catheter. And I had no idea until I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm going to go home. They were like, no, no, no. We have to wait until the catheter is at a certain point. And then we take it out. Oh, anyway. Um, Liz is just saying, I bleached my own hair because I hate being in the salon for four plus hours. Plus I'm tight. Yeah. Liz, Liz has got really great hair as well. Liz, what do you, you tell me, tag me, explain. You, you know, you can get hairdressers that just come to your house. Anybody then... Then they're more likely to stay and chat. And I'm just like, oh, Liz's hair looks great. I'm still on her profile. Liz has really good hair. Maybe she could do it at the next DC meetup. Gen- oh, yeah, guys, we're talking about the next DC meetup. It's either going to be at the end of June or the beginning of July. We're thinking about doing some kind of big London park walk on a weekend. And then at by midday, stopping off uh, and all get, sitting down in a nice big pub garden. That has nice food, not like fish and chips or shit cheeseburgers only. Um, let us know. I'm going to do a post, but it'll be good to know how many people are interested and keen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll post the dates and then we'll get like, don't say yes if you can't come. There also might be cameras there. There will be cameras there. <laughs> and not just mine. Okay, <laughs> Mantha had my hair done in London last week hairdresser didn't speak much English so it was two hours of great reading oh yeah see I snuck in an airpod to start listening to an audiobook and then it just wasn't appropriate they just kept talking oh no I try really hard and they 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 don't care hang on one sec someone's at the door oh okay um okay Kerry's saying oh how lovely as long as it's not when I'm away that'd be great uh yes to the meetup end of june please it might actually be start of july i've got a wedding end of june but we will post uh in the group and let you know oh what's that you're still on mute god and i took him water and a dog bowl for his dog and the key <laughs> okay okay we're up to date what's up? okay katie Katie. Katie's my old one-to-one client. She's amazing. She had it, whatever. I call her radioactive Katie. (laughs) Everyone join in with this. 
Okay. Hello, beautiful Clemma. My question is about training my chest. I know Chloe has said a few lives back that she doesn't really, she didn't really train chest for ages. It got me thinking, in an average woman you train, or who trains? Physique-wise, does a trained chest be not a trained chest really show? Obviously, I'm thinking it's mostly hidden because, well, my boobs. Yeah, well, this is kind of what it depends on how big are your tits. And Katie, you've got big boobs, so probably doesn't show. But it's still a nice thing to do for posture because that's it. That's why I picked it back up again. It's a nice thing to do for posture because if you um, overtrain your back, yeah, you can kind of hyper arch. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, that's bad posture like that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but it's not great. It's nice to be balanced. It's more when you know you see those guys in the gym that, that only train chest, and they're like, yeah, like, yeah but that's it. That's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, train um, back. But it is still a good thing to do to have like a balanced physique, even if you're not trying to really grow it. It's still a nice thing to counter with back. But anyway, and it's good for shoulders as well. Um, yeah, um, I can see why men train chest for uh, for their pets, etc. But I was wondering. How much difference will it make to a woman's physique? Sorry if that's... Yeah, if, if you've got big boobs like you, it's not really something you need to worry about re-physique, but in terms of, like, having a nice balance. And I guess if, if I was a physiotherapist, I'd be like, if you train back, you'll have to train chest. Um, it is a nice thing to do some of the time. Emma, you train your chest a lot, don't you? Or did you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But then I don't have any boobs, so, you know, there has to be something there, a little bit of something. Also, you have to think like why you're doing it as well. So yeah, an even physique, but you want to build as much muscle as possible because the more muscle you have, genuinely, the less risk of dying that you have. Like yeah. for your health, it's really important to build muscle. Now your pecs are actually quite big muscle groups. Yeah. You're stimulating your pec muscles, increased glucose clearance, better metabolic health, like stronger bones. Like there are so many benefits that aren't just, yeah, but you probably won't see it because it's under my boobs. Like, even if you never saw any of your muscle, it's still a really important thing to do. So I would try and stimulate as much muscle mass as possible. I think the reason I stopped training it for so long was because when I would get really lean, obviously my boobs would disappear. I'd go from having like quite nice big boobs to like, no. And I started to see it the above boob bump and I was like oh I really don't like this like really didn't like it but what, it just like chest striations yeah I did it really upset me so I was just like no 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 I don't this isn't a look I want um but now I'm back training it again and I I doubt maybe I will get that lean again who knows I'm trying at the moment to get leaner but I don't know if I'll ever be that lean again so I don't know if it'll ever be a problem um plus I my tits absolutely sh like chest striations well, you you have it. No, not I wouldn't probably not now, but I used to have like I've seen, I've seen. I, I find it really impressive on other women. I think for me, I always this part of my body, when I would get lean, I would hate because you see all the collarbone mm. and I'd get the chest striation and then I'd have no boobs. And I absolutely, this was the part I'd cover. I'd really try and cover it up. And I didn't like it in shoots. So if they put me in anything low cut, because I hated this whole, you see why bikini girls all have fakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have nothing there. Yeah. But then that also looks awful. I guess depends if it's over or under boob. 
Yeah, and it depends. Yeah, it depends on how big they go. The girls who get like boobs that are in line with their physique, great. Although I have to say, Jen Dory, she's got massive, massive fakes, and I actually think. But then she's also got a huge amount of muscle mass, so it kind of works in a way. She's fit, man. She's a bit of a girl crush of mine. Don't know who she is. I'll show you how. Do you want a question? Okay, always. We didn't even get to that question, did? Oh no, we did. That was the question, right? Okay. Emma, hi all. Hope everyone had a lovely Easter. I started the EC method in January 2023 at 12 weeks postpartum and followed the advice of both Chloe and my pelvic floor physio and started doing my body weight workouts and have slowly moved up to the gym workouts with adjustment, Josh Munch, due to my third C-section and having not so great hips, pelvic floor and all the other jazzy stuff. Anyways, I've now been signed off by the physio and given the green light to start lifting. I asked my physio if I could start lifting heavy. Obviously, I'd work up to heavier weights over time and she told me no. I should wait until I stop breastfeeding to lift heavy. She said, um, breastfeeding makes women stretchier. It's not good to go heavy. She did word it better than that. Mm. I'm wondering what your take on this is, Chloe, as I asked Oh, as I started breastfeeding my first nearly six years ago and I've never stopped. Had his brother two years later and now my last baby three years after and my second one and I just don't get round to stop breastfeeding. I don't really plan on stopping until this one who is currently six months old is around two and obviously I don't want to wait two more years to start increasing the weights. For a while I was like... (laughs) thought she was still breastfeeding a six-year-old but okay that makes sense yeah I was breastfeeding Bodhi this morning like I'm really I only do one feed a day now and I was just like first of all she has a tooth and she keeps chomping on my nipple and it's the most painful thing in the whole fucking world because it's like this tiny sharp snaggle tooth and it's like right here and I'm like anyway um yeah so (laughs) breastfeeding makes you stretchy absolutely quote of the week um yeah so the relaxing hormone um stays in in circulation postpartum the longer you breastfeed um while you're breastfeeding and will continue to I should say as you breastfeed um what this means is that yes your pelvic floor is is going to be less less robust and less strong um because your pelvic floor is a group of muscles um is it five in total I think so. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, and same with your muscles. This is part, we had this question the other day about, can you, can you grow your muscles in pregnancy? And a lot of this elasticity applies to, um, tendons and ligaments as well. And what this means as well is that your muscles will generate less force. So it is a lot harder to grow your muscle in pregnancy. And the same, um, applies to, uh, postnatally if you breastfeed as well, although easier, um it's still still more difficult than it would be um if you stopped um and it also uh puts you at greater risk of hyperextension so so i would say as long as you know how to engage both your tva and your pelvic floor and you engage um both of these um, muscles muscle groups um in your lifts 
then yes, you can go as heavy. And this is based on advice from my physio, who I think is incredible. You can go as heavy as that, that, that engagement allows. So I knew when I first started lifting weights again, that 20 kg was my, the max that I could start on until I got stronger, because that's where my pelvic floor started to drop um, or relax, I should say. And I know that because I did all my lifts with my physio's fingers inside me. <laughs> Um, so it's really more about when do you feel the engagement start to suffer at what weight? And that is your turn off point um, until you stop breastfeeding or until you, you slowly over over a period of weeks, months start to get stronger and you can slowly incrementally increase the weight. Now, your physio has assessed you and you are not me. So if your physio has said to you, don't go heavy until you stop breastfeeding, don't go heavy until you stop breastfeeding. Um and that's really all I can think to muster. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to go get to a physio, but I don't think it means like don't lift at all, but maybe say like, like Chloe's saying, like if you lose the engagement or, and heavy's relative, right? So you doesn't mean you can't increase the weights that you're lifting, but like yeah. start somewhere sensible and slowly increase them. Exactly. Exactly. That That's what I would say. Um, the other thing, if you don't lift weights for two years, you're going to be quite, like, you will atrophy quite a lot, which also you wouldn't want. You do in pregnancy. I mean, I've, I've already gained. You to minimise that, right? Exactly. You try and minimise it, but you do atrophy. It's certain areas, like your glutes, gone. Like, certain areas do, and it, like I say, it's very hard to lift and to um, generate force with the hormones circulating your body when you're pregnant anyway. Um, so uh, because of this, this exact same reason. So you do lose muscle. I, in the last, since, since I, since I gave birth to Bodhi, I've gained two kg and I would say it's all muscle. Um, Cause I look, I don't feel like my body fat's changed really. Um, yeah. It, it, and so you can get it back, but yeah, you, I, again, again, I would say when you feel that engagement of both your TVA and your pelvic floor start to waver, that's when I would maybe take it down a notch, read the weight and stay there until you feel strong enough to try to go heavier, which I, I honestly would give it at least four weeks of regular before you tried. But again, if your physio has been like, no, not you, not now, then no. Can I show you Jen Dory now, my girl crush? Okay. Oh wow! Isn't she a hottie? She is a hottie. Yeah, they are big boobs, though, aren't they? Massive, massive fake cans. James is so excited for me to get a boob job. I'm like, I just don't know if I'm gonna have more kids yet, and I don't want to do it before because when I'm like, Ugh. yeah, they do look great. So does that. <laughs> um, okay. How long have we been on the live now? 45 minutes. I'm having another great time. I do love these lives. I'm so tired today. <laughs> oh, Emma, I have such a bad jet lag. If I could sleep till two every day, and I have done once since we got back, I would. It's awful. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hi, Clamour. Workout question, please. Are we aiming for failure at the last rep of every set in every workout every week? I think yes, but I want to check. Emma. No, I wouldn't. Not not absolute failure. Like if you were doing three sets of 10, if you 
genuinely truly went to failure on your first set you wouldn't be able to finish the session and or you would but you'd have to significantly lower the weight which means you'd get less volume and we know that actually the biggest driver of hypertrophy is volume so we really want you reaching failure on that last set of the exercise so yeah you want to get like between eight to ten reps on that last set if you were doing three sets of ten that would that's my answer if you're like quite an advanced lifter and you know you know where your failure is and you're very I don't know you have quite a seasoned lifting history if you're a newbie I'm trying to think here hang on no that's my answer just go with that all right okay I loved your post on Instagram about stopping consumption while the food is still enjoyable just your post I think so yeah not any one of us posts about health and fitness these days I'm like here's my baby here's my baby here's my baby here's some food (laughs) Uh, I want to try it out and give myself a fun challenge around it this week to practice any ideas tips or suggestions Emma so the post was basically about the premise of like the law of diminishing returns when it comes to the enjoyment of food so a really good example of this is like the first bite of a cookie you get so much enjoyment from it and it's so worth it that absolutely have it. But by the third or fourth bite, the enjoyment's starting to reduce and thus the benefit is kind of reducing as well. And then by the time you've had three cookies, it's like, you're not even really enjoying it, right? So you've got this stage of like, definitely worth it. And then like, mm, dubious, it might still be somewhat enjoyable, but you're also moving yourself away from your goals. And then you've got this point where you're like, it's actually not enjoyable and I'm getting further away from my goals. So you mm. have to stay within the sort of like first area. And then when you edge towards the next one, like you want to stop eating basically. And the best way to do this is just to slow down and be a bit more mindful and be aware of that concept of that first bite of food you have will probably be the most enjoyable. Mm. From there, each bite of food you have will probably be slightly less enjoyable. That doesn't mean only have one, but it means kind of recognizing yourself like, am I, what am I getting from having the next slice of pizza that the first slice of pizza didn't give me or that the second slice of pizza didn't give me and stop when the enjoyment stops what's that gambling advert that's like stop when the fun stops and it's like knowing when to stop gambling it's kind of like the same principle it's like when it's not fun anymore or when you're not getting as much enjoyment from it anymore stop and genuinely if most people did that that's the secret to enjoying your food while you're losing fat yeah but I mean <laughs> gambling I just feel like I think that was just in my mind because I was like oh, no it's really, it's really does anyone else think like gambling adverts should be banned I'm just a bit like yeah yeah I think I feel like they're not banned but they have to have this caveat of I mean I suppose people be like well you know we have alcohol and you know but something about gambling I'm just like no but don't you think like I mean, your pension is kind of gambling as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you're anything. So invest, Investing in anything is gambling. So like really like buying a house is kind of gambling. Like you're hoping that the price of the property is going to go up. Stop. The only thing that's keeping me calm about the amount of money spent in the last year is that house is an investment and a good one. Okay. <laughs> and like it probably like long term, it will be. 
but I mean, it would be more of a gamble if it was short term, right? If you're like, we're going to flip this house in a year and then the, the property market crashes, you'd be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, Emma, this post obviously hit home for a lot of people. Hi, guys. One of Emma's story, Gordon's Insta post recently hit home. Um, oh, one around living in line with values and secondly, stopping when the enjoyment stops. Is that the other one? Mm-hmm. By the way, you said dubious, which I don't think we've ever said on the podcast before. So congratulations on a new word. <laughs> I've been getting on so well and lost four-ish kg and I'm feeling really good. I went on holiday last week and I was fine about sailing for a week, but the wheels fell off and I hit the fuck it bucket. Any tips on developing the skill of stopping when the enjoyment stops? Um, first of all, being aware of this, the fact that you are full and you carried on is the first step in developing the skill. So that's brilliant. Um, Emma's right. I love what she said in her line. I'll let her bring it home because this is very much her post. Um, but slowing down and being conscious. And I think having welcoming an internal conversation with yourself and this is what I do pretty much every time like it's kind of unavoidable in a way but like feed into it like allow it to flourish um where you're like oh actually I'm really full and if I finish this I'm gonna feel really physically uncomfortable um and and also like I'm 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 done it's done this is not gonna serve me um and really like I say encourage that internal monologue and conversation and talk yourself into it, like encourage it into your, out of yourself. And um, it's not working anyway. Um, and I think I think you'll be um, you'll be surprised at how quickly. And you're right to think it is a skill that you develop because it really is. It takes time, but you'll be surprised at how quickly you get there. I think, Emma. That's what the post said. Because I think this is the, pe- the the issue that people have. They're like, no, no, that's not me. I'm all or nothing. And like, yeah, most people are all or nothing when they start because yeah. it's to be like, I'm going to have a bit of this and then I'm going to stop. I'm going to, instead of avoid it, I'm going to still enjoy the things that I love, but I'm not going to. And and the, I guess it's the realization as well that actually you don't get more enjoyment from eating the whole pizza. Because as Chloe's saying, you end up just feeling full, bloated and like kind of like you let yourself down for the rest of the evening versus being like, oh, I feel quite good about myself because I enjoyed that. I had three pieces. And then I thought, I'm done now I could now I've got like the energy to enjoy my night versus feeling like sluggish and and bloated because I ate too much yeah there is there is such a thing I mean one thing I will say and this this applies to people who are like chronic dieters like constantly on a diet um really hyper food focused and or really quite lean um there is when you're in one of those situations I think it's harder because you you're still very much in this runaway train all or nothing mentality with food but this is when I think it's actually really helpful for those specific people and I mean people who've been on a diet for like years people who are really 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 very lean and have a lot of food fear and and those people really struggle with with kind of this all or nothing mentality in the bucket bucket it is very very impactful and worth your while to step away from dieting altogether for a period of time um and kind of re-neutralize yourself with food I would say one of the biggest I mean I was already kind of pretty much there before I got pregnant but man alive did like nine months of being pregnant and the postnatal period where I really did encourage myself to take it easy 
have I just completely neutralized around food? And it's really, really, really beneficial for if you do end up wanting to go back into a dieting phase, et cetera, et cetera. Agree. Anything else in the live? Um, no, we're up to date. Okay. Joe Moore Bailey. Hi, I hope this is a question for the podcast. I've been working towards doing pull-ups for a while now and I seem to be stuck at one and a half. I'm lifting four times a week, two upper, two lower, including eccentric pull-ups, eccentric pull-ups. <laughs> I love that from both of our minds. Right? <laughs> eccentric pull-ups, hangs. I'm not a big fan of hangs for progressing. I think it's a bit of a crock of shit. Yeah, same with banded pull-ups, to be honest. You know. Because actually the your weakest at the area that's most important when you do banded pull-ups. Like doing that pull-down is probably way better, way more transferable. I think the banded is useful because you're used to holding your body weight, but it's not actually useful for recruiting the muscles in the like in the movement that you actually want to get stronger in at the right parts of that movement yeah i see what you're saying um hangs lat pull downs rows bench push press rdls and more in my workouts i've been doing three sets of each between six to 12 reps i've been steadily increasing my weight lifted is there anything else I should do or could do to be moving me along? Okay, so some of the things you've mentioned aren't going to be moving you along. While they're great, every exercise you've mentioned is great. It's not going to be contributing to your ability to do a pull-up, um, We'll talk about which we'll talk about more in a minute. Long-term goal is to do five bodyweight pull-ups in a row just because I want to. Love it. I know dropping a few more LBs will also help me. I'm currently five foot six and 152 LBs. But is there anything else other than patience and time to work on? TIA which means thanks in advance I love that I actually really don't like TIA I find it really presumptuous but not in this one because this is a really good question um and we actually get this all the time Uh, yeah if it's like can you do this for me thanks in advance you're like I didn't say yes (laughs) no in advance (laughs) um Emma do you want to talk about this uh yeah I honestly think you're doing all the right things like as Chloe's saying some of those exercises aren't directly related to pull-ups but you'd still want them in your program anyway I'd probably double down on the lat pull mm-hmm. better at pull-ups um and apart honestly one of the other big things is how much you weigh yeah because you are pulling up your own body weight so that's why it's quite a good exercise if you have a fat loss goal as well because it's a strength to body weight ratio exercise but yeah, I think you're you're doing the right things. Yeah. I just think maybe more specificity would be good. Like, as we say, some of the exercises you mentioned are really going to help. Some of them are pretty kind of obsolete. Um, I, I would say... Um, You'd still start, do them, right? You wouldn't be like, oh... Yeah, well, still do that. them, still do them. But I mean, if I think, like I say, more specificity, read the poll, is really what you should be looking for. Um, I don't know if maybe if your gym has an assisted machine, which I think can be quite helpful, but even if you're doing um, like underbar pull-ups, for example, um, if you start your, um, if you start your pull, or you say two upper, two lower. So if you start your upper sessions with, um, you know, one set AMRAP of those, um, or maybe 
you know what tag tag emma tag emma and i in a post and maybe we'll give you a little kind of how a little kind of thing to work on at the beginning of each upper session um that we can probably start to progress your pulls but yeah you're both both of you are right in the in the acknowledgement that the lighter you are the easier they get okay okay should we do one more one more yeah can I do the push-pull sessions one after another? What's the difference between the push and pull sessions? I'm sorry if this is a deaf question, but I've always completed gym class workouts and I'm really enjoying the four that you've set me. Also, is there an alternative? Okay, let's do that first, Emma. What's the difference between them? What's um, the the push-pull session will be primarily pushing movements and the pull session will be primarily pulling movements. So you're working different muscle groups. Can you do them back to back if you mean one day and then the next day yes if you mean like right after each other then no mm -hmm. um also is there an alternative to the bulgarian deadlift squat as i have lower back problems in this jar is it the bulgarian deadlift squat what's the bulgarian deadlift squat no this is a split squat bulgarian split squats don't know where the deadlift comes in, but there's always an alternative to everything. So as an example, I don't really do any deadlift squats or split squats now and again, if my back feels okay. So you can always find an alternative that might be, depending on which exercise that is, it might be leg press or lying hamstring curl or something like think about the key muscle groups that it's working. And then I would find like a machine alternative, which is probably going to be way more back friendly. Yeah, that's what she says. She says, I looked at swapping on the app, but all the other alternatives do the same to my back. I had an operation as I have no disc at the bottom due to disc degeneration. So I have to be careful while while completing too many squats. Any advice? Yeah, get on the machines, try a leg press and a leg extension and protect your back. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks, everyone. Bye.